Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Book of Nehemiah. Excited about this new series that we're jumping into called The Gates. While you're turning there, I want to give you a few little known facts about the great state of Texas. Is that all right if we brag on Texas today? If you need to be cheered up, you can go visit Happy Texas. Pep, Texas, Smiley, Paradise, Rainbow, Sweet Home, Comfort, or Friendship. If you love the sun, you can go to Sun City, Texas, Sunrise, Sunset, Sundown, Sunray, Sunnyside. Want something to eat? Go to Bacon, Texas, Noodle, Texas, Oatmeal, Texas, Turkey, Texas, <laughs> Trout, Sugarland, Salty, Rice, and top it off with sweet water. Going to travel to other cities? Texas has all of them. Detroit, Colorado City, Denver City, Klondike, Nevada, Memphis, Miami, Boston, Santa Fe, Tennessee Colony, and Reno. Boy, this is a great state, isn't it? Going to go to another country? You can visit Athens, Texas. Stay home. Canadian, China, Egypt. Ireland, London, Paris, and Tokyo, Texas. No need to go to Washington, D.C. You can go to White House, Texas. If you forget where you live, you can go to Earth, Texas. If you're tired, go to Energy, Texas. <laughs> if you need office supplies, Staples, Texas. And for the kids, there's Kermit, Texas, there's Elmo, there's Nemo, there's Tarzan, there's Winnie, and there's Sylvester. Other city names that are worth talking about, Frognot, Bigfoot, Hogeye, Cactus, No Trees, Best, Very Best, that's from around the San Angelo area, Very Best is, Kickapoo, Dime Box, Old Dime Box, Telephone, Texas, Telegraph, Texas, Whiteface, and Twitty. <laughs> Anybody from Twitty, Texas today? Need prayer. Amen. <laughs> Cut and Shoot, Texas. Gun Barrel City, Texas. Hoop and Holler, Texas. Hey, we got to move there, huh? Ding Dong, Texas. And, <laughs> and Mule Shoe, Texas. <laughs> and just a few things that are a great theologian that we take much um, information from. Jeff Foxworthy says that if, if someone in a Lowe's store offers you assistance and they don't work there, you may live in Texas. If you've worn shorts and a parka at the same time, you may live in Texas. If you've had a lengthy telephone conversation with someone who dialed the wrong number, you may live in Texas. If vacation means going somewhere anywhere south of Dallas for the weekend, you may live in Texas. If you measure distance in hours you may live in Texas. If you know several people who have hit a deer more than once, <laughs> you may live in Texas. <laughs> if you install security lights on your house and garage but leave both unlocked, you may live in Texas. If the speed limit on the highway is 55 and you're going 80 and everybody's passing you, you may live in Texas. If you find 60 degrees a little chilly, you may live in Texas. 
Hallelujah. From Beaumont to El Paso, it's 742 miles. From Beaumont to Chicago, it's 770 miles. Yeah. That's all I'll share with you. Oh, no, I've got to give you these right quick. These are Cowboys Ten Commandments posted on the wall at Cross Trails Church in Fairley, Texas. The Cowboys Ten Commandments. Number one, just one God. Number two, honor your ma and pa. Number three, no telling tales or gossiping. Number four, get yourself to Sunday meeting. Number five, put nothing before God. Number six, no fooling around with another fellow's gal. Number seven, no killing. Number eight, watch your mouth. Number nine, don't take what ain't yours. And number ten, don't be hankering for your buddy's stuff. <laughs> All right, have you found Nehemiah chapter three? Let's actually get into the Bible this morning. That's what you came for, wasn't it? And come for jokes. Nehemiah has begun to mobilize God's people. The problem was that the walls had been torn down and the gates had been burned. The walls signify protection and the gates signify daily life. People are going in and out of gates on a daily basis. There are 10 gates listed here and all of them have a name with a meaning. It's not just gate number 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. The name of the gate was there for us to understand something today. People come through these gates. I want to tell you something. People here at church, at our church, they're coming through gates. They're, uh, it's a stage in their life. It's a place in their life that they're at. And in our church and in our community, you'll find people living in these gates that we'll be talking about over the next few weeks. And these are the gates of their lives. It's what they're going through. Three Verse 1, then Eliashib the high priest rose up with his brethren, the priests, and they builded the sheep gate. Everybody say the sheep gate. They sanctified it and set up the doors of it. Even unto the tower of Mia, they sanctified it unto the tower of Hananiel. And next unto him builded the men of Jericho, and next to them builded Zakur the son of Imri. But the fish gate did the sons of Hassaniah build. Everybody say the fish gate. Who also laid the beams thereof, and set up the doors thereof, and the locks thereof, and the bars thereof. And next unto them repaired Merimoth, the son of Uriah, the son of Koz. And next unto them repaired Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, and the son of Meshezabil. If you're out of names to name your babies, just go to the book of Nehemiah. And next unto them repaired Zadok, the son of Baana. And next unto them the Tekoites repaired Pay attention to this phrase here. But their nobles put not their necks to the work of the Lord. Father, thank you for this message today. Thank you, Lord, for your word as we dive into this new series. We thank you for your grace that is extended to us by the reading and the preaching of the word. Lord, I thank you that, that through this message that your people's hearts would be enlightened that their minds would be changed for better, their hearts would be changed, their lives would be changed, Lord. It's the only power that can do that is your word because your word is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. What that tells us about your word, God, is that it meets every need of our lives. Hallelujah. 
It's an aid for every part of man. And we receive your word today by faith, expecting a great harvest of your life in our life. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, Amen. But their nobles put not their necks to the work of the Lord. See, it's, it's interesting that God had this eternally recorded that these nobles put not their necks to the work. In this group, there was a group of people that did not want to do their part. The literal text says it. That, that means when it says they did not put their neck to it, it literally means they did not want to do their share of the work. See, God doesn't want you to do everything, but He does want you to do your part. I think I need a better amen than that. God wants you to do your part. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 4, and we'll see how important that thought is. Ephesians 4, verse 15, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Who's the head? Who's the head? From whom the whole body, who's the body? Amen. Joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, say every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So verse 16 tells us that every part works. Your body is made up of parts, and all those parts contribute, right? All those parts play out, have a role. They have a purpose. All of you are individual members or parts of the body of Christ, and God wants you to function in your part, not to just be a part, but to do your part. You go on and read this chapter, and you'll come across names. Now, we, I tried my best to pronounce those names earlier, but you'll come across names that will virtually be impossible to pronounce. As you read the, cha- the third chapter of Nehemiah, I'll say it's pretty laborious to read, but it's important. And, but, and, and we'll go through it over these next few, few days, but God made sure, that the point of all of these names in here, God made sure that, that it was eternally recorded that each individual, what each individual group did. All these names are recorded. What they accomplished. Uh, 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 that, I don't know about you, but that really ministers to me. It ministers to me on many levels. But the first level is, number one, is that God is paying attention to what we are doing. Let me encourage you today. God is paying attention to what you are doing. And can I also maybe put a little rub in there? God is also paying attention to what you're not doing. Amen. Amen. I'm not here to bring condemnation. I just want you thinking this morning with me. Amen. There's areas in our lives. See, it's, a, it's valuable. It's important to God that we're doing our part. See, when you're serving God, you're not going to get thank yous all the time. How many of you have been volunteering in church for any length of time? Huh? You get, you get thank yous every week? Do you do it for the thank yous? I hope not because you're going to be sorely disappointed. Amen. You know, like we've, we've said here before, the sound guys... Never get think they never get noticed until something goes wrong. Why don't we all look back there at our multimedia group and tell them a big thank you today? Yeah. Amen. I mean, some you know sometimes you'll be serving in the church doing your best, and sometimes you drive home thinking, would it matter if I didn't show up next Sunday? 
Does it really? Is anybody paying attention? Let me, but here's what's important. Can I, can I remind you what is important today? Even though nobody else notices, God says, I'm writing it all down. You want to see it? Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. You got to see this with your own eyes. Amen. Hebrews 6, verse 10. For God is not unrighteous. He is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Boy, what a comforting thought. When you're serving, don't forget the one that you're really doing it for is the one that's paying the closest attention to you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, it says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Right? Who are we doing this for? Amen. A few years ago out in West Texas, we had a man in our church named Ronnie Bailey. Ronnie Bailey was an interesting character. When he first came to our church, he couldn't put a sentence together hardly. He, and if he tried, he always fumbled over his words and stuttered. And he'd have to just... Tell him, Ronnie, slow down. Slow. Okay, 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 okay. Slow down, man. And if you get him to slow down, he could, he, could, he could put words together, but it wasn't all that fantastic. But one thing that stayed consistent in Ronnie's life, through the years, as he stayed under the preaching of the Word, and stayed in fellowship with God, it's amazing. The man began, his speech began to clear up, and, and he began to make sense. Ah, yeah. But one thing that stayed consistent from starting to finish until I saw him last, was he always talked about this powerful experience that he had in 1986 on his motorcycle one day. I had a powerful experience, Brother Eric, power, 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 powerful experience with God. Jesus came and rode on my motorcycle with me, and I got saved that day in 1986. It was a powerful experience, Brother Eric, power, powerful experience. And that story stayed consistent. And Ronnie did his best to tell every individual that he came across powerful experience when Jesus came and rode on his motorcycle with him and he got saved in 1986. One day he came into church and Pastor John greeted him. He said, Pastor John, I, I've been out witnessing. I've been doing this. I've been doing this. I'm, Pastor John, hey, good. all right, Ronnie. All right, cool. I've been telling this person about it. I've been, and he says, Pastor John, I just want to make headlines in heaven. He said, what? He said, yeah, I want to make headlines in heaven. And man, that just stuck with Pastor. That, that sticks with me today. That though nobody else might be recognizing what you're doing, that they're printing it in the newspapers in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Today, extra, extra, read all about it today. Nobody showed up at the Cornerstone Worship Center nursery, but sister, I'll do anything. Walked back there and took care of it so everybody could have their peaceful service. Read all about her. Amen. God is not unjust. He's not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. Amen. Amen. See, this chapter could have been written a little simpler. It could have been written, the people of Jerusalem built 
the walls, and they built this gate, number one, gate number, and it had been about 10 verses long, but, but God made sure, God gave credit to all who built the wall, and which part of it, and who built which gate. He recorded them all, and He's recording all of you today. Some of you here, God's got building the walls. Some of you, you're building the gates, and He's recording your effort and your work. I want you to notice the first gate that they went to. See, all the gates are burned. All all of them are burned down. This describes a lot of people's lives today, that there's no barriers against attacks. They're left completely defenseless to whatever life throws at them, whatever the devil throws at them. I mean, they're, they're a victim to their circumstances. They have no defense. And can I say this? It's easy to look at people and say, well, they brought it up on themselves. It's their fault. Shouldn't have been doing that, you know? But we cannot forget the grace of God that's been extended to us, ladies and gentlemen. Where were you just a few years ago? Some of you days ago, some of you last night. Where were you? Huh? Where were you before the grace of God came into your life and began to better your life? We cannot get this attitude that, well, that's their own fault. Listen, they need you. If the grace of God is extended to you and you see someone less fortunate, that ought to be your cue, Christian, to extend grace to them. I'm not talking about lazy people. Lazy people ain't supposed to eat. That's what the Bible says. I'm not talking about helping lazy. I'm talking about helping poor people, those that are, those that are down and out. Listen, you can work hard and still be poor, still need help. Amen. Can't forget those who are out there drowning in their trouble, drowning in their problems. And act like we don't have anything to do with them. My God. Thank God God doesn't have that attitude about you today. Aren't you glad that you don't go to God after you've sinned that same sin for the 490th time? The same one over and over that you've asked, asked God to forgive. Aren't you glad he didn't go, here you go again. Yep, let's see. We'll, we'll see if you're serious. We'll see. You brought all this on yourself. Huh? No. The Bible says that you confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The Bible says he takes your sin as far as the east is from the west and remembers it no more. He throws it as far as the east is. You know how far the east is from the west? Long way. It's eternally away from one another. Listen. Listen. God loves you. And that's, that's his disposition. That, he's taken that position with you. We can at least extend a measure of that grace to others. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. The first gate they go to is the what? The sheep gate. You know what is innate in sheep? Sheep have this sense. They know that they're born with. They know that they need a shepherd. All of, out of all of the creatures, they're the most defenseless. There's nothing about a sheep that, that, that they can protect themselves. Number one, their feet are not made for running. They don't have claws. Their teeth are only made for chewing food. They know they're defenseless. And that innate sense in them tells them that they need a shepherd. I want you to look over at the 12th chapter of Luke for a moment. And I want to tell you today... 
that your heavenly Father can be trusted with your life. I said, your heavenly Father can be trusted with your life. Did I say Luke? Luke chapter 12, verse 28. This is Jesus talking. He says, if God... If then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will He clothe you, O you of little faith? And seek not ye what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be doubtful, uh, be of a doubtful mind. Verse 30, for all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knoweth that you have need of these things, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Listen to this, verse 32, fear not what? Who's he talking to? Sheep. Huh? He's talking to you. Fear not, little flame. This is your shepherd talking. Huh? For it is your father's good pleasure to give you. It's your father's good pleasure to give you your need. Is that what it says? It's your father's good pleasure. To assist you in eking out an existence. Huh? It's your father's good pleasure to help you cope with what life hands you. Come on, talk to me this morning. It's your father's good pleasure to give all of it to you. To give you the kingdom of God. It's his good pleasure. And when the sheep know that, then you don't have to try to defend yourself. You don't have to try to go out and get the stuff that the world's after. Because let me tell you something. You go outside of your shepherd's voice, the world will gobble you up. If you try to get the stuff any other way than how God has made the way for you, you will be destroyed. You're defenseless outside of his voice. But inside the bounds of his word, inside the bounds of his voice, my God, the kingdom is yours. Fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Let God be your defense. See, this tells us here that there are people everywhere that need someone, are looking for someone to follow, to follow. See, we all have that innate sense. We all need someone to follow, right? I mean, because the truth is, we just don't know everything. Huh? You don't know everything. I mean, you can, you can pretend and you can show, but you know the truth, right? I think the, one of the most powerful statements that the Apostle Paul said, he said it on a number of occasions, but it challenges me and I think it ought to challenge every believer in the building today. He said, follow me. Follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. What a challenging statement. There are a lot of ministers today out there, a lot of people out there, oh, don't look to me, look to Jesus. Don't look at me, look to Jesus. Paul said, look at me. If you follow me, I'm going to him. I can show you the way clearly. Christian, our lives ought not be a blurry picture of what the gospel is. People shouldn't look at our lives and wonder, what is Christianity? They ought to know it. What does it mean to know God? But so many Christians are bound up in their own stuff, their own problems, and they've allowed all this junk, the world, to creep into their lives, and it just looks blurry to the world. 
Can you say, follow me? Because I'll take you to Jesus. The world needs somebody. People need someone. If I look at it, look through history of the men who have taken advantage of people. Men like Hitler, who said, give me the youth and I'll take the world. Give me the youth. He almost did. Looking for somebody to follow. Who's going to follow Hitler? Somebody that don't have any better sense. Huh? They're just looking for somebody to follow. Jim Jones, who would have thought? He could get people to drink poisonous Kool-Aid. How many people died that? Anybody know? That was, that's ridiculous. Huh? Convince, what, what are they doing? They're looking for somebody to follow. Out here in Waco, Texas in 1993, David Koresh had families hold up in there, dying in a fire, thinking they were dying for a good cause. Y'all remember the the the... Well, oh, what were they called? It followed hell bop out of here. It's, it's all through history we see that people are looking. Paul says, I'm not afraid. Follow me. Listen to me. If you're going to say follow me, you have to make a commitment, though. If you're going to say follow me as I follow Christ, you're going to have to settle some things in your heart. Fix some things. Don't say follow me if you're going to take them down the wrong path. Are you hearing me? If you're going to do, listen to me, if you're going to do what's wrong, make an announcement first. I'm giving up on my faith in Christ. I'm done. I'm done doing the right thing. I'm done going the wrong, down the right path. Don't follow me anymore. Listen, mess up your own life, but don't mess up everybody else's life too. And I said it and I'm glad. Amen. God has called us. God has called you to be salt and light. God needs men and women of God who can say, follow me. Amen. Follow this church. I, I confidently say, follow this. Follow the pastor of this church. Yeah. Amen. Because we're going to take you to Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to rise up and lead. It is time. Listen, it's your time. It's your hour, church, to be what God has called you to be, to awake those of you who are sleeping. The Bible says to awaken to righteousness and sin not. Receive an abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness so that you'll reign in life. Lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets you. Let me remind you, Christian, you're stronger than the sin that's besetting you. The Bible says that sin shall not have dominion over you because you're under, not under the law. You're under grace today. It doesn't have to keep you down. It doesn't have to keep you going astray. You can just lay it aside. Is it really that simple? Yes, it is. If you'll believe it's that simple. The Bible says it, it's true. Go into all your community, your neighborhood, your places of business. Lead them. I want to challenge everybody here. To work toward the confidence. To be able to say, follow me. This takes me to the next thought. The next gate that they repaired was the fish gate. This speaks of soul winning. Here at the National Institute for Student Ministries, 
we've discovered a new method of evangelism that is shaking the very foundation of our thinking. It may appear unorthodox, but frankly, we're shocked at the results. We're amazed at this revolutionary idea especially designed to boost student evangelism. Why did I want to be the evangelism linebacker? Well, let me put it to you like this. Yeah, baby! Next time I'm gonna hit you so hard you're going to flight, NASA's gonna think I didn't launch a satellite! You see, as a fish was created to swim in water, as a bird was created to fly, I was created to knock people out who don't evangelize. The evangelism linebacker deals directly with a variety of students' fears associated with sharing their faith. All right, it's all you. This house has got your name on it. I'm not ready yet. What makes you think I'm ready, though? Fear of rejection, for example. Let me talk to you about fear. Fourth and one, Jerry Rice, what you gonna do? That don't compare to fourth and one in eternity. It doesn't matter who rejects us because we're always accepted by Christ. God loves you. Get off the flow and go door to door. Can we talk to you for a minute? I'm a lover, not a fighter, baby. He loves you, but it might hurt. Sometimes I'll blow you up, but it's because I love you. Yeah, but just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I need to be out sharing my faith. I mean, ah! Don't you run from me! You can't escape my grasp! Deep Gray will throw you in the trash! Thanks to the evangelism linebacker, campus evangelism nationwide is up 87%. <laughs> Hey, I can't go to the outreach today. I got, I just got some more important things I gotta do. Uh-huh. Hey man, give me a break. I went to church on Sunday. I gotta go. Selfishness? The world needs a message for God to love the world. He wants to communicate it through you. If you procrastinate, you will open up the gate to a beatdown. Give me that phone, boy. When I see selfishness, it is my job to blow them up. That's what I do, I blow them up so that they can get their eyes off of self and look at Christ, the prize. What's up, baby girl? Nah, I'm busy. We're intrigued as the linebacker is particularly effective in infiltrating centers of cultural and intellectual exchange. Here you go, here's your double cappuccino latte mocha with a twist, not too hot, not too cold, perfect for you. Anyway, man, did you hear that talk from that guy the other night? Oh, I know, like we were supposed to be sharing our faith in like coffee shop. Woo! Woo! Shut out in a coffee shop, baby! You next! It's unlikely that the recent decline in coffee sales has anything to do with our program. Pride comes before the fall, that's Old Testament! You know this? Thanks for the coffee, Darren. Hey, you're welcome. Have a nice day. Yo, mama raised you better than this boy. Don't let me blow you up no more. You see, I think it's fitting because when people have pride, that they're too prideful to share their faith, what I do is I knocks the pride out of them. What I would like to communicate to my brothers and sisters is this. When you least expect it, around the corner, perhaps even under your bed, I can be in a phone wire. I can be everywhere and just know that I'm always watching. Ready to lay the boom on you, baby. Booyah! Ouch. Are you ready for game day? <laughs> hey, yeah.
There are people coming into your life that need to hear the gospel. That's one guy you don't want coming around. Don't <laughs> We're all called as believers. All of us. Not just the preacher's job. It's all of ours. It's all of our obligation. It's all of our responsibility to share the gospel of Christ. People are coming through the... Let me tell you something. People are coming into this church. People are coming into your life who want to be saved. They need God. They need God. You know, I was... I told you guys last Sunday night, I believe I made the announcement that Pastor Terry's church, Family Life Church in Sulphur Springs, was on fire. If y'all remember, we prayed about that situation. Their nursery had caught on fire, <clears throat> and um, but by the time the fire department had got there, basically the fire was contained in the nursery, but smoke had gotten in every part of the building. It was really quite sad. Derek and I went up there Tuesday to see if we could help out. I mean, from front to back, this place is covered in soot. And you, you can't really tell. You walk into that beautiful sanctuary there. they got the beautiful padded seats like we've gotten. And, and just wipe your finger across that seat, and there's black on it. And as I walked around there, I, I, was, I was overwhelmed by the damage and by what these guys are going to have to do to try. I mean, it really seemed impossible in my eyes because I have limited knowledge in this area. But there was a group there called White Gloves. And uh, they were there to fix everything. They were there to take all the electronic stuff, everything, and, and clean it, take it all apart and clean it meticulously down to every part. Another group was coming in and take all the furniture out and take it to this place to... There are people that saw potential. There are people that saw that something could be done to fix what seems to be an impossible situation. There are people out there in this world who look into their lives and that all they sense is hopelessness. All they sense is despair. They don't know any way out except through, through, to escape through, through beverage, through drug, or, 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 through, or through some twisted relationship. And, and, and they find themselves even more messed up. They, they try to hide in hobbies and, and do all kinds of things. They just try to numb their life to keep from facing the trouble, keep from facing the turmoil, keep from facing themselves in that mirror and being honest with where they're at. Because it seems hopeless. There's no light. You are the light. The Bible says you are the light of the world. You're the salt. You've got the answer. You've got the way. And that is pointing them straight up to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who came to clean up the mess. With his own blood, he shed and cleaned up the mess. Whew. Nothing that we could do, but by faith in Jesus, we get in on the cleaning. Hallelujah. That's all we got to say. My mother-in-law gave me and Heather this little plaque that we have up in our house and it says live in such a way that those who know you but don't know God will come to know God because they know you see we're committed here in McKinney and this at Cornerstone Worship Center to see that no one finds their way to hell from this city listen let's do our best as a church let's do our best as individual Christians to shut the door to hell from where we live to your right and to your left, across the street, behind you, there are neighbors. There are people who are hurting. There are people who need God. Live for Jesus. People are coming through the fish gate. Let's close our eyes for a moment. 
Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.